Welcome to On Finding in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking to Helen Tran as part of our series on Muay Thai photography. As always, if you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram, mattlucasbkk, or email me at a.mattlucas at gmail.com. Thanks to all the people that have supported me so far, sharing the podcast, leaving reviews. If you'd like to leave a review that would be super helpful, you can do so on the iTunes store. Personally, I want to thank a few people, Vinny Scotto, Patrick Rivera, Dave Brooks, Sean Madden, Woodell, Galano, Chris Tran, and some others for helping me get going when I broke my camera. I was recently able to put out a behind-the-fight video featuring Superbon, Bon Chimek, who will be fighting Sitai Sitsong Pinong tomorrow at one championship. Probably by the time you hear this, they'll have already fought. Um, I'm looking forward to this fight. It should be really, really good. It's under kickboxing rules, three rounds of high volume, high intensity action. Definitely wishing both athletes the best of luck. Also, after years of hard work, studying, and being in the game, I published a Muay Thai encyclopedia. It's called I'm Fighting in Thailand, a guide to the sport in the motherland. This clear guide goes over scoring, matchmaking, picking gyms, fight styles, gambling, and more. It has a series of interviews with long-term expat fighters such as Michael Savas, Willie Whipple, Lisa Brealey, Angela Chang, and others. Uh, it's a definitive guide to help clear up questions and help people understand the game. You can get your per- copy off of Amazon.com as either an ebook or as a print book. You can also find a link to it from my website, matt-lucas.com. Thanks, as always, to my sponsors, Nakmoy Legends, for their continued support of the show. They create some great Muay Thai apparel with portions of the proceeds going back to the legends they celebrate. All those superstars have been paid for their images as well. Check out their gear at www.nakmoylegends.com. That's N-A-K-M-U-A-Y-L-E-G-E-N-D-S.com. Use On Fighting to get 15% off your order. Uh, also, a special thanks to Patrick Rivera for helping me get this show started. He's... Uh, recently pivoted, obviously, with Corona. His academies are open up and going strong. So a little bit of backstory on our guest today, Helen Tram. Um, I met her maybe two years ago, I believe, at uh, the Female Fight League, which was an all-female card held here in Pattaya, Thailand. It was put on by Jade Siri Sampan. Um, Maya Thai, um, I think I pronounced Maya's name right, and a few others. Helen had been working at Revolution Gym down in Phuket for some time. Uh, she previously worked for the owner, Tim Fisher, and moved out to Thailand for two years. Uh, she was doing a lot of photography and uh, worked as an office manager at the gym. 
Uh, she actually got into photography about 10 years ago, started off as a self-taught photographer with some help from friends. Uh, she enrolled in college and learned a bit more. Uh, and during the conversation, you can find out more about her background as a photographer and her very interesting project, She Fights, which documents female fighters. So without further ado, the interview with Helen Tran. Thank you, Helen, for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you taking your time out. Hi, you're welcome, Matt. <laughs> um, so you got your background in photography. You actually started doing landscapes. Uh, then moved into street photography and documentary photography. What sort of led those transitions? Um, I think it was like a natural progression. Uh, like landscape was just an easy thing to do to because I didn't have to talk to anyone and it was just me and the camera, you know, and just learning everything I could about it. And then... Um, street photography I was just really interested in when I went to study photography like all the you know you look at all the famous photographers and all that and just the work there really inspired me so that's how I got into it and then from street photography it led on to documentary because they're actually quite similar anyway mm -hmm. why yeah. do you, why do you think that they are similar uh, street photography is about capturing the moment. Um, it's, you know, an, a normal everyday scene and making something out of it. So for me, that's how my uh, documentary photography translates through. So I'm trying to make something interesting out of something that's seemingly like people could often miss and not mm -hmm. notice. Yeah. Um, oh. Are there certain street photographers or documentary photographers that really inspired you? Uh, yeah. The, um, a lot of the Magnum photographers, uh, there's a collective called Magnum, uh, and that was set up like, a, like ages, like many, many years ago. And when I was studying photography, they inspired me. So people like Henry Cartier-Bresson, um, mm -hmm. Australian photographer Trent Park, uh, um, Alex Webb, Rebecca Norris Webb. I'm not sure if she's part of Magnum, but yeah. Uh, Vivian Meyer is a street photographer that I really, I really like as well. Um, and there's a photographer named Boogie. Mm -hmm. He's amazing photographer. Like, he's more like street and journalism, probably more mm -hmm. street photography, but yeah. What, what did you like about uh, this boogie artist? Uh, his work is really uh, raw. Mm -hmm. So um, he does a lot of black and whites. And uh, just uh, each image that he has, it kind of like it just there's a connection to it. It makes you, to me anyway, like I feel uh, there's something about it. I think he did like a series uh, in New York somewhere and mm -hmm. um, it was just really cool. Um, do you, your recent, uh, photo project, she fights is mainly in black and white as well, correct? Yeah. 
Oh, why did you choose that? Was it because of Boogie? Was it because of your own decision? Why black and white? Oh, I just, uh, I prefer black and white photos because uh, I find colors can be distracting sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started with photography, I used to process, I used to do film photography. So I used to process my own black and white film mm-hmm. at the same time. So I prefer. I just tend to prefer black and whites because uh, it takes away, you know, colour can be, I find that colour can be distracting. But in saying mm. that, um, some of my recent photos, like uh, on She Fights, which I haven't released yet, but I'm thinking of making them in colour because, um, I don't know, it's just something different. You know, mm-hmm. there's no rule There's no rule with how I want to uh, do this work so Mm -hmm. so yeah I'm just playing around with it at the moment I've I've definitely seen some of your recent photos you went to PK Sanchai amongst some other gyms uh Stamp and Ratong have posted photos you've taken uh they actually tend to be their color um and they're a bit lighter what Mm -hmm. do you think that is influenced by like your your sort of passion for black and white or why are they a bit lighter on the color uh, grade? Ah, oh, I never noticed. Um, I don't know, actually. I never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's just something that that when I edit, like I'm just veering towards that. It's just uh, something that I um, I enjoy doing at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. With the color stuff that I release to um, like Stamp and Rod Tang, and PK Sanchai, I usually when I work with people, I usually just give them color. And uh, my documentary stuff is usually black and white because I don't, I don't know if people like black and white, but it's just something <laughs> that I prefer. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has it been like so far working with people? Um, you've obviously worked with a handful of people for this She Fights. Uh, project, um, the you know, down in the south, you've gone to Bangkok, uh, Patia as well. Uh, what has it been like working with the different people? Uh, it's it's I love it. I really mm-hmm. I've um, I've really enjoyed working with all these people at the moment because um, I feel like well, Muay Thai in Thailand, especially with the foreigners, is a very small community. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a group of passionate people, you know, and, um, especially, and especially so working with the females, like with the ladies, like it's even a smaller group of it's, it's a smaller community and everyone's like really supportive of each other. Like mm-hmm. I get recommendations like, have you done this girl? Have you gone to speak to this other person? And, you know, through, through each um each person that I speak to, I get recommendations. So then it's easier for me to photograph them when, by the time I meet up with them, it's, mm-hmm. we've already developed like some sort of rapport. Mm-hmm. I really, I really like it. And it's like, even some of these girls, like will end up fighting each other, but they're really, they support each other. And mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Yeah. It's nice to see. Mm-hmm. And just, I guess, stepping back a little bit, cause we sort of dove right into <laughs> The project. What can you sort of explain? She fights as a project. Uh, what you're trying to do and uh, why you are doing it. Um. Basically, well, 
the reason why I started the project was because I was working at Revolution Gym. Uh, back then it was known as Sit Song Penong Phuket. But um, I was working there and I noticed that uh, a lot of the female fighters that we had were struggling. Like they struggled and, you know, they trained just as hard as the boys, but they weren't getting enough fights. They weren't getting their recognition. They weren't getting matched up or they could only fight like at the local stadiums and they weren't able to progress further. Unlike some guys who would come into the gym, like uh, come into the camp for like a couple of weeks and then the next thing you know, they're on a big show. So, um, you know, as a photographer, I, as a documentary photographer already, like I wanted to tell a story and it just came naturally because I was taking photos at the gym and I was, uh, you know, I could see their struggles and I wanted to just show and highlight that part. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, um, it's, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So, She Fights is a platform to give the ladies a voice, you know, to show the world. And it's not even like in the fight scene because mm-hmm. I want to show not just the Muay Thai community, but everyone else, the wider audience, like what a female fighter has to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've also done some photos in Australia as well, correct? Yeah. Some uh, I I can't remember exactly, but you did a female boxer while you were in Australia. Yeah, Ebony Bridges. She's a professional mm-hmm. um, boxer, and uh, yeah. So when I'm in Australia, I do I I do, and I will try to uh, meet up with other like uh, females in combat sports just to mm-hmm. try and uh, spread the message as well. Because it, it's interesting, like it's not entirely, um, like the project isn't, it started off about Muay Thai, but it's not just about Muay Thai. Like I'm mm-hmm. going into MMA to Jiu-Jitsu and there's other like martial arts that I want to get into as well, just to uh, show, like see what the stories are about in there. What sort of stories do you feel you've told so far and what are sort of, some stories that you think you will tell in the future? Hmm. Well, this main thing was just to talk to, like, living in Thailand and uh, doing the Muay Thai community the, with the girls. Um, it's, well, what can I say? It's the main thing was just to show uh, what their story is. So, um, I'm losing track. Yeah, uh, I mean it's okay. So, for uh, for instance, you recently did a series with uh, Carity Irish, who mm-hmm. was at uh, Sant uh, Satai, correct? Sutai. Sutai. Yeah, yeah, she was at yeah. Sutai for quite some time, and then she mm-hmm. moved to Australia and is uh, training at Wooden Man. What do you feel like? <laughs> she moved um, to the U.S. <laughs> she moved to the U- U.S. Terrible, terrible decision. Um, <laughs> but uh, what do you feel like her stories is? And, you know, you obviously recently came to Patia and shot Stamp um, mm-hmm. and Wonder Girl and Smilla and uh, Soros Manfredi. Like, how does her you know, Carity's story differ from, say, Stamps or someone else? 
Well, that's that's the reason. Like, that's why I'm doing Chi Fights because each person has a different story to tell. Like, how they got into Muay Thai, how um, the, like to see whether they have the same struggles or not. Like, yeah, there's an underlying thing where you know the girls have less pay and all that. Some accept it, some don't. Um, some girls, you know, uh, some girls are have more of like they work on their uh, their social media accounts so they're noticed more uh you know some are stronger fighters and all that but they each because they're all individuals like how they came about is all very different like mm-hmm. Carity um for example she she discovered Muay Thai a bit later uh later in life not like you know, some girls discovered it when they're teenagers and all that, but Carity discovered it, I think, as an adult. So, um, and she lived in Thailand and she started, like, she learned how to speak a little bit of Thai. And um, so that was the story that I wanted to, to show as well. And then the reason why she went back to the US was because she was injured. And this happens to a lot of girls who, um, especially the, of course, the foreigners who quit their jobs, uh, quit whatever they're doing in their home countries, and come to Thailand and they uh, work. You know, they they try and find other jobs to support themselves, or they they're a hundred percent like full time fighters, and you know the pay isn't a lot at the local stadium. So, um, so it's just to show what their struggles are. Yeah. Um, just for listeners, uh, most will, if maybe you can concur or fact check this yeah. with me, but most of the local stadiums, at least like Phuket and uh, Patong, will pay like six or 7,000 baht for a fight. Whereas, uh, you know, the entertainment shows start at like 10 to 12,000 baht for uh, male fighters. Uh, yeah, for girls, I think it's about six. I don't mm. even know if it's seven. It's yeah. probably six and five, mm. to, be, to be honest. I think it's around that much. And then remember that, like, some gyms have to take a cut as well. So yeah. they even have less than that at the since, end of the day. Yeah. Since you've started the project, have you seen any big differences in pay uh, for women fighters? What do you mean? Like, like um, are their wages increasing or do you think they're staying about the same? Uh, it seems to me that they're staying about the same. But mm-hmm. since I've started the project, there have been more shows that are putting more girls on. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been really nice to see. And also, like, some gyms have a lot more girls now. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, I think they're starting it's nice to see the development and Mm -hmm. the fact that gyms are investing in their female fighters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you go on shoots, uh, say for instance, when you came and took photos of stamp at Fairtex, what was that process like? Uh, what are you looking for with your, uh, when you're trying to take the photos? Um, there's a few things that go on. Like, uh, I'm trying to show, uh, 
like there's a few technical things as well, like uh, what I work with, what I have to work with and what I can work with. And, Mm -hmm. um, but the documentary side of it is really just to try and capture whatever's happening there and to, and then from there, you know, I've got the technical aspects where I'm uh, composing the image and all that. Um, Yeah. What, what for you is a good image? Like, how do you compose your shots? Um, a good image. Uh, so like, I'm, um, like a technical person. So most of the time when I compose my photos, I use like, uh, there's a term called the golden ratio, mm-hmm. which is like a mathematical sequence like the Fibonacci numbers that has been applied to composition do you know what the golden ratio is uh no you should definitely explain it to me okay so um it's like uh you know in art and basically throughout time it's uh it's like a set amount of numbers that Mm -hmm. um that is like the perfect ratio for things. So mm-hmm. I, I can't really remember what the ratio, actual ratio is, but basically it's pleasing to the eye. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, it, the golden ratio is how you set up uh, uh, an image, how you would compose, like whether it's in art or in photography. And mm-hmm. um, it basically leads the, th- the viewer through the entire image and it's more balanced to the eye. So, I mean, it's used in nature as well, you know, um, mm-hmm. just what this golden ratio is. But um, the simplified version of it is it's called the rule of thirds. Mm. So, like, I think people with digital cameras, they might see a setting on their camera where it's split up. Anyway, that's too technical. But basically, if you split an image, like, into three, three parts, uh, horizontally mm-hmm. and diagonally, and then you kind of like shoot where those uh, the splits are. Mm-hmm. It's it's just nicer to the eye. So that's what yeah. I use to compose my photos. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not like it's a rule, but some rules are meant to be broken. So mm-hmm. uh, I try to go for something that's a little bit unusual because, like with uh, my she fights project, you know, there's only or my Muay Thai photos, there's only so many photos that you can take of Muay Thai, you know, like of the same kick, same Uh punch, you know, same knee, same elbow. So I try and think outside the box and make it a little bit different so people, uh, so even for me, so I don't get bored of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you you get bored of uh, taking action shots of people punching and kicking? Well, um some things are automatic now. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I think like now I'm at a stage where it's like I can do it and most of the shots like will be I'm quite confident that I will get the shot. If mm-hmm. it's like a perfect scene, you know, perfect lighting, perfect exposure and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do I get bored of it? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> that's, why, uh-huh. that's why I try and make something different like if, if – if I shoot something and then it's, it becomes a totally different image, I get really excited. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this is different. I don't know if people are going to like it, but I'm just going to use it anyway because 
I like it and it's different mm-hmm. and it's it's exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who have you photographed so far? I know I said some of the names, but um, I guess uh, your broader list of people. Um, okay, I've for the girls, I've did, done most of the girls at the Fairtex camp. Uh, who else have I done? Well, at the moment, it seems like I don't know who, who who's left in Phuket, but a lot of the female fighters in in Phuket. So I've gone to um, Phuket top team. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Casey Carlos and mm-hmm. Claire Rankin there. I think that's how you pronounce the names. I've done Erin uh, over at Sukai, um, uh, Phuket Fight Club, the three girls there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to meet with Sandra Godvik as well and um, – uh, yeah, I think you, that's like, uh, there's because of the uh, the pandemic. Like a lot of female fighters have actually left, mm-hmm. so, uh, especially the foreigners, basically. So in Phuket, there's not a lot of girls left. I don't think so. I mean, I could be wrong, and yeah. if they're here, like they need to contact me, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. But yeah, and then I've got I'm going to see some more girls in Bangkok and mm. yeah. Um you also did photos of the female fight league last year. Yeah, I did. That's that was at the beginning of my project. So I did uh actually that's really funny because uh some of those girls that I, I did at Female Fight League I met up with again. So mm-hmm. like KC and Suris Manfredi and um Hopefully, when I go to Bangkok, I'll uh, I will meet with some of the other girls there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What is it like meeting up with these athletes again? Do you feel like you have a relationship with them? Do you feel like um, they've changed in any way, or you have? Um, I'm not as shy as I used to be. So mm-hmm. when I meet up with them again, it's really nice to have a conversation with them. It's just it's just like seeing an old friend. It's really cool, and then like you know we we have a common uh, a common love. So we talk about Muay Thai and just uh, whatever's happening in the female uh, fight industry, and uh, you know we will talk about other girls and just what's happening uh, with female news, like female Muay Thai news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you uh, have you had a favorite subject so far? Uh, I don't. I don't really have favorite subjects because mm-hmm. uh, I like shooting a lot of different people. Um, but I guess what I do like is shooting my friends, like people that I know and that I build like a good bond with, like, and they become my friends. Like mm-hmm. I like shooting them because they just, you know, it's easy and I'll ask them and they'll, they'll, they understand my madness sometimes. So they'll be, they'll just let me go ahead and shoot them. So it's cool. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that you've been to a lot of different gyms so far. Uh, what is it like going to different gyms and 
how do you deal with sort of some of the technical problems of going to different gyms? What do you mean with the technical problems? Oh, like the lighting issue? The, yeah, like the lighting issue. Because I know like, at least for me, there's, um, there's gyms that have good lighting and gyms that have bad lighting. And then also there's gyms that have good lighting, but only in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I really like visiting all these different gyms because like at first when I came to Thailand, I, I had only been to Revolution. Like I was, I was working at Revolution and that was the only Muay Thai gym I knew. And then uh, slowly I started branching out a little bit and working on this project and I got to go to other different gyms and I like it because I get to see how these gyms operate differently uh, and in their own way, how they train is different. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool to see, you know, what everyone else is doing. And um, in terms of like applying my photography uh, at these different gyms, like um, I'm not a fan, <laughs> I'm not a fan of, uh, you know, working with like shitty lighting, but that's just the way it is as a documentary photographer. You got to get used to it. You got to get used to all these different aspects. It's not perfect because you're not in the studio or anything. Mm-hmm. So um, when I started out with my photography anyway, I used to work a lot with low light and uh, as well as shooting motion. Like I was shooting parkour, um, which is like a sport. So um, so that helped me a lot with the working with different lightings at, at gyms like now. So mm-hmm. um, I just have to make sure that I put – when I post process the the images afterwards, like I I know what to do or mm-hmm. try to. It's a headache sometimes, but yeah, um, yeah. And you've worked a uh, you've worked a few different events as well. Um, you've worked at uh, AMMA. You mm-hmm. um, also shot um, some local fights at the stadiums down there. What is it like? You know, doing uh, gym photography versus uh, ringside photography? Um, doing a lot of the gym photography has helped me be able to do ringside photography because, you know, it's still capturing that motion. It's still trying to get like an action shot. So mm-hmm. that's what it's helped with. Uh, ringside photography, though, there are its own issues sometimes, like, Sometimes uh, if I go to a stadium, they may not let me near the ring, so I have to try and work around that. Mm-hmm. Or, or when I shot at one before, uh, that was that was different because they were using a – it wasn't a ring. It was – what was it, the octagon? Oh, yeah, it was what? a cage. Yeah, the cage thing. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, that was the first time I was shooting through a cage, so uh, – that was really interesting to me and it was a, it was a challenge to work with, but I really liked mm-hmm. it because it was a challenge, you know. I wish I could mm-hmm. do it again actually because now I know um, what I need to do to get the right images for the cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when you shot at one championship, were you sort of removed from the cage as well or did they let you ringside? Uh, they let me... They let me uh, shoot ringside. Mm. 
yeah, it was really cool. I think yeah, you have that's... to you have to know the right people sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That, that that was a while ago too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it was like nearly a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I know I was there. I forgot that you had shot there. <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, no, now it's sort of I sort of remembered that you were there, but uh-huh. it's been like a year, year and a half or so since yeah. that's happened." Um so what what are some of the difficulties about um doing photography specifically like Muay Thai photography? Sorry, can you ask that question again? Yeah. Can you rephrase? Uh, what are some of the hard parts or real challenges um, in doing Muay Thai photography? Uh, um, ch- hmm. I think uh, working with Muay Thai photography or photography in general and even documentary photography is... Um, making it into a business in this Mm -hmm. day and age. Like if you're a photojournalist, like I know a lot of newspapers have have let go of their staff photojournalists because they rely on camera phones and just something that's easy and instant and social media and then they can just grab that image of whoever's available without even having to pay for for Mm -hmm. it as well. So um, making a a full-time job, at the moment for me is that's really like a hard thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's something something that I've been working towards. Like it'd be nice it'd be mm-hmm. nice to get paid for it. But at the moment it's uh it's more of a passion thing. Yeah. yeah. Um the business aspect of photography is always difficult. Um I know like for instance Perry who I interviewed a few, a few weeks ago. She has mm-hmm. like her own website where she puts up dozens or hundreds of photos that she's taken and she watermarks them. And then you can buy the photos themselves for two or three dollars. Mm-hmm. Then uh, William Liu, who I interviewed in the last episode, he does uh, a bunch of different things in the photography and sort of digital marketing world do you mm-hmm. have some sort of business plan or are you keeping this a bit of a passion project for now um i'm at a crossroads in my life right now so uh i'm still unsure of where i want to go with this because at mm-hmm. first it was when it started off it just started off as just like a project because i felt like it was right something that was that just felt right to do and it's mm-hmm. now like um a year I think it's been a year or mm-hmm. so I think it's yeah. maybe more than a year on uh it's gained a bit of traction and now it's like uh, what do I do like do I continue on with this but because at the moment I'm self-funded so uh I don't know really I can't say like I just uh I I'm really enjoying it and and I'm having a lot of fun with it, but I don't know where, where it's going to take me, to be honest. Yeah. I we'll mean, just have to see. It's definitely a hard thing to deal with economically. 
uh, obviously, you know, you're based in Phuket and you want to take photos of fighters in uh, Bangkok. That's flights, that's hotels, you know, mm-hmm. all those other travel expenses. Um, so it's definitely a, a costly p- project, but definitely, I think, one that's worthwhile. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so what do you have any specific goals for the project or are you just sort of running with it until you feel out of steam or until you hit a certain point that is yet to be decided? Um, I'm running with it to, mm-hmm. uh, at the moment, I'm just going with the flow. Mm-hmm. I'm just uh, doing as many interviews and photos as much as I can. And, um, but there are other, like, there are some girls that I still want to talk to that I want to interview and take photos of. And that's like some girls that are in the U S you know, mm-hmm. they're not in like, they're not in Thailand. Some girls are like in other countries. Um, so I think I like the plan for she fights, I think is to continue as far as, far as I can go. Um, mm-hmm. At least like if I, if I wrap it up, then the girls that I do want to interview in future, then at least like do them and then maybe wrap up the project. But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. See what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you had to give yourself some advice uh, before you started this project, uh, what would it be and why? Oh, that's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think it would just, the advice that I would give to myself would be to, uh, if I see a chance, then just freaking take it. Mm-hmm. Like if the opportunity comes up, just just do it. The, especially mm-hmm. like from this uh, COVID situation, like the pandemic, like where everything stopped. Like because before that, I I was I had plans. I wanted to go to Chiang Mai and you know interview, go to the fight scene there and interview girls there. And now, because of this current situation, it's like I don't think I'll be able to go to Chiang Mai. Yeah. And, uh, and there's no fights. I don't think there's fights happening there. So I miss, I miss that. I should have done mm-hmm. it before. So, mm-hmm. so that is my advice. <laughs> yeah. take, take the opportunity when it comes up. Yeah. Definitely good advice. Yeah. Do, you, do you feel like uh, there are more opportunities in general here in Thailand versus you know, say in Australia or other countries? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, uh-huh. Well, because, you know, when I was I was in Australia doing Muay Thai and, I mean, I was taking photos there, but there's not many girls that do it professionally over there. Um, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of fights. And even when you go to the fights there, it's – there's – Somehow it's just not the same. Like when you go to fights here, it's the whole culture that it's involved. And um, I don't know, there's just something like Muay Thai is part of what Thailand is, you know. So uh, it's so when I take a photo, it's like it's like capturing everything about the culture. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like I feel that when I'm in Australia and especially doing the background behind the scenes things, like there's not much of a story to tell. I, mm-hmm. I don't. I feel that's what I feel. Mm-hmm. But maybe I just need to look at it in another way when when I go back to Australia and see. Yeah. Yeah. What 
why do you think that is? Do you feel like there's not as much of a cultural background to Australian Muay Thai or for other reasons? Uh, yeah, I think it's because of that. Like, I mean, here when you go to the when you go to the stadiums here, like everyone is involved. Like you've got the low key gamblers, you know, that are really interested. Then you've got the noise and the sounds and the music, the live music playing, like all of that is part of it. Then you've got the fighters like behind the scenes in can be like some shitty little, um, little makeshift tent or, or whatever it is that they do. Uh, and just like a random table where they all them up and all that it's anything. And I think that's really interesting because I guess in, uh, in a Western country like Australia, like it's kind of already set up. So it's, it's a bit, um, it's not not that interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a bit more yeah. sterilized and yeah processed in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, it doesn't seem to have the same chaotic energy as out here. Yes, exactly. Like I mean, one of the fights that I covered before, like take uh, uh, Sexan and Tananchai, and Tananchai like received a cut to his uh, eyebrow and. It, where they were stitching him up was just a random makeshift like tent with a someone holding a mobile phone as one of the lights and then like another light as well. But you know, it's like that's that's not what you would see in the West. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not and no one... Go. Hey. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't I didn't hear you. I didn't oh that you. that is definitely not gonna fly in Australia or in America. Exactly. They would be put into a, an ambulance straight away and straight to the hospital or to the medical center to get stitches. Yeah. I wouldn't even be able to photograph it. Yeah. It's definitely like a different experience because the the boundaries out here in Thailand are so porous all the time. You know, mm-hmm. as a photographer or something, you know, you don't really need a pass so much out here. You just need to go out and do it. Uh, whereas... Yeah. You know, you go to a show in Australia or, you know, in America at least, you need a press pass, you need to talk to certain people, you're allowed in certain areas but not in others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what, do you think that's a good thing or do you think it's a bad thing? It's good and bad. I mean, um, I like that, like you said before, the chaotic part of it. Like that's what I love. So mm-hmm. I feel like uh, in Thailand it's more chaotic, it's more random, like there's something will happen that you don't expect mm-hmm. and then it makes it more interesting for me to shoot, you know, uh, just capturing all these little things that you don't expect to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I definitely feel like there is a, at least a slight move into the more regulatory side. I know, you know, having gone to – one championship mm-hmm. bouts over the last year or so, they've become more and more like rigid oh, yeah. with their rules and where photographers are allowed, where they're not allowed. Um, you know, and other stadiums like Max Muay Thai, um, you know, you have to get approved to get in. It's not like um, up country shows. If you have a camera, you mm-hmm. can go, you know, wherever you want and no one's yeah. going to question you. Yeah. Yeah, well, 
but you still have like in Thailand, like you still, even though they're, some of the shows are moving towards that, like it's understandable, but then mm. you've still got like access to all these other like shows or other uh, fights where you can easily get access to and just still capture that chaotic scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I guess we didn't cover it already, but you worked at Revolution uh, Phuket for about two years. Mm-hmm. What was it like uh, doing photography there? Because I know, at least for me, you know, working at a gym for a long time, uh, you sort of, you, it, it gives you a lot of practice. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I loved it. Like, it's uh, where I started off two years ago with my photography to where I am now and where I will continue to grow is so different. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's really because I'm shooting, working at the gym, and I'm, sh- I'm able to, like, shoot all the time consistently. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's natural that I would have um, – gotten better at it (laughs) and also like uh um my boss tim fisher like he's really good like he manages the instagram page and he like the social media page for revolution so he gave me like he used to give me a lot of feedback on my photos and tell me which ones he preferred and which ones like people like the audience liked you know Mm -hmm. so um yeah, it was good. Like that feedback was good and I got to improve a lot from it. Yeah. What what yeah. sort of images have you found that people like the most? Uh, when you get up close. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a lot of people like the action photos, but uh, when you're really close, then mm-hmm. that's, that's what people tend to respond to the most because it feels like to them, it feels like they're there and they're able mm-hmm. to feel whatever – emotion or whatever action is being captured Mm -hmm. yeah so just like being up close and personal with the athlete yeah like if it's an action shot it's like the the whole frame uh is filled with like whatever is going on it's not something especially uh it depends on the like what lens you're using but if you're using like a 35 or 50 millimeter lens like that's uh, you need to be a little bit close to the person. You can't be far away from them like if you're using a tele- telescopic lens, you know, mm-hmm. like a 100-millimeter lens or something. Um, but if you're up close uh, with a wide angle or uh, a 50-millimeter, then, yeah, it's uh, a 50-millimeter lens, like I'm just going off in a tangent, but a 50-millimeter no, lens is uh is like um this is like what the eye the person's natural eye sees mm-hmm. so that's the, like that's a standard for portrait uh lens mm-hmm. um so that and a 35 or even a wide angle lens like um it will show the person like the viewer that the person is really up close because you have to be you can't be far away so with mm-hmm. those photos i think um that's why people tend to uh, like it better because it makes them feel like they're there. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And, yeah. yeah, it does. And <laughs> the project is uh, mainly on the internet, mainly on Instagram. So 
it's a social media project in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. How, how do you feel uh, social media is as a platform? What are some of the pros and cons of having it there? Um, well, you know, I used to, I, I'm not a social, I, I, I never really, I'm not a big, I'm not big on social media, like, mm-hmm. um, but having my work on social media, like that's, that's part of what my work is. And mm-hmm. especially with the way that society is today, like in terms of how um, people use social media, like that whole, just uh, the materialistic things of social media is something that I don't really like, that I'm not mm-hmm. a fan of. And mm-hmm. at first I used to I used to struggle a little bit because I didn't really want to uh, use, use it that much. But then as a photographer, then I think it's something that you need to do. And then I came to terms with it when I just came to a realisation where it was like, well, okay, I'm telling these stories and um, – then just use it to tell my stories because any any person who reads it or who follows and is interested in that, then they'll that's what they'll be interested in and that's what they'll follow. So I don't need to go with what um, the rest of social media is, what people use it for, you know. I don't need to mm-hmm. be like that. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. So um, def- definitely some pros and cons of it. Yeah. Um, just wrapping things up, was there anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about? Uh, no, I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, here, uh, I should ask this. Um, where can people follow you? Where can people sort of get connected with you? Uh, I guess it's my Instagram page. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's... Uh, Helen Tran dot co and that's a website as well okay great yeah so uh for people interested in following along with Helen Tran's photography and her great uh photo project she fights uh definitely look at that um thank you so much for taking your time out Helen thank you Matt So that concludes the interview with Helen Tran. Thought it was really insightful. Helen's doing a lot of positive work for the female Muay Thai scene, which is definitely growing. Obviously, there's some entertainment shows going on with some great female matchups here in Bangkok. There is also one championship, which is debuting a lot of really talented female fighters, such as Stamp Fairtex, Alma, Juniku, Janet Todd. Um, the list goes on and on. So definitely some positive steps for female fighters around the world. And those steps wouldn't necessarily go as far without really important foundation people like Helen Tran Uh, giving these fighters exposure, giving them opportunities. So definitely check out Helen Tran's Instagram and her project, She Fights. You can follow her on Instagram at helentran.co. Also, she has the website of the same name. This has been On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas. 
journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people.